The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It sure is at uh, 705 Schools here and Lior ready to uh, rock you right between the eyes with a uh, fist full of employment law. This is stuff you need to know. And you have questions anytime during the show. That's why the phone lines are open and ready for you as well. 416-870-6400 is the way to do that. You want to send along an email. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We will get to everything you need to know about medical leaves here a little later on in the show as we get to that. Uh, we'll talk about the pocket employment lawyer as well. Your phone calls, of course, have top priority, so bring those on. And uh, we always get started with the uh, the week that was. Pal, how are you? Hey, John. Uh, doing great. Excited to be Good. here. It's been, a, it's been a while since I've been on uh, Monday nights. Usually one of my colleagues is uh, on this slot, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. really uh, pumped and ready to go and talk about employment law and workplace rights and answer as many questions as possible. So, gosh, we're here. John's here. I'm here. Let's take advantage. Let's answer these questions that you may have about your workplace rights, about employment law, about your job, your severance, your human rights, your discrimination issues that you're dealing with. Whatever the issue is, no bad questions. There's only answers. There's only solutions. So uh, take advantage of that and give us a call right now. But, of course, you may not feel comfortable getting on the air. You may just want to talk to me privately. We'll give you my email and my phone number throughout the show so that you can reach out and we can have that private uh, discussion. But uh, for our purposes, let's talk about a few matters, a couple matters at least, that uh, I came across over the past week or so. First one, I spoke with a lady uh, who uh, always uh, worked for the same company for five years, the same shift, uh, pretty much a nine-to-five job. Now, she she told me that for, for the years that she worked there, she was always able to avoid any overtime work. She didn't want to do overtime work. Her colleagues... Right oftentimes worked overtime and she kind of tell, told them I wasn't interested and you know they, they gave her a bit of a hard time but ultimately the employer didn't bother her too much well a couple months ago the employer said no no now we're too busy we need you to start working overtime hours obviously we're gonna pay you overtime we're gonna do it right but we need you to work overtime she said no sorry don't want to can't do it have other family things I, I need to do after work so so not gonna happen so uh, when she didn't do it, they gave her a warning and saying, well, that's insubordination. We told you you got to work. You said you're refusing. Not appropriate insubordination. They gave her three of these warnings. And when she still didn't uh, agree to do any overtime work, they let her go. And they said, we warned you. It's insubordination. We told you you have to work mm-hmm. these hours. So off you go. We're terminating you for cause. She calls me and she wants to know, Lior, is this cause? Well, John, the question then becomes, did they have a right to require her to work overtime? Right. And, and many of our listeners may be in that situation. Can my employer make me work overtime? Well, the answer generally is no. They cannot make you work overtime. They cannot, in this situation, make this person work overtime. And why not? Well, because that was not a term of her employment. Her employment agreement didn't say anything about overtime. She never worked overtime. So now the employer is trying to impose something new. They don't have a right to change the deal. The deal is she doesn't work overtime. Mm -hmm. So she had a right to say no, and her saying no is not insubordination. It's not something bad that she did. She had every right to say no. So their termination of her is a wrongful dismissal. It doesn't matter if they warned her because she did nothing wrong to begin with. So I wanted to remind everyone, certainly employees, but also employers, 
that you, an employer doesn't have the ability to just decide one day, now you're going to work overtime. They can offer the overtime, and if the employer wants to, sure, the employee can work the overtime, but the employer can't require it. There's only two situations where the employer can mandate that overtime mm -hmm. be worked. Number one is if the employment agreement specifically gives the employer that right, gives them that power to do that, or they've done it in the past, and now because they've done it in the past, they have a right to do it again. Other than those situations, John, the employer cannot require you to work overtime, and if they do, or if they try to, you have a right to say no, and that's not something you can be punished for. Again, questions about this or anything else, as Lior mentioned, 416-870-6400. The email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. You want to shorten that down to employmentlawyer.ca. You can catch uh, past shows and tune into our TV show that happens on the weekend uh, mornings as well. And, yeah, if you're you're bashful, you don't want to call into the show, you want to ask a question, otherwise that is simple, one 821 5900 But for the remainder of this hour, we are live and uh, ready here to take all of your calls and questions, calling for yourself or a friend or a family member, that's uh, that's fine. You can bring that uh, bring that to the show as well. What else you got going on? So I actually spoke uh, earlier today with uh, mm -hmm. someone who uh, had an interesting scenario. So he had uh, started a, a new job a year ago. It was a, a one-year contract, but under this contract, he wasn't paid a salary. He was going to bill the company by the hour for the work that he did. Mm -hmm. So he had a certain rate, I don't know, 37 or something like dollars an hour that he was going to bill the company for. Uh, and what they also said is, we guarantee you a minimum of 15 hours a week. And obviously, okay. it can be more than that, but it's going to be a minimum of 15 hours. Well, he then... Uh, worked the full contract, ended recently, and he called me and he said, well, here's what was always bothering me. I've only, only been averaging about 10 hours under this contract a week, and even though they said to guarantee you a minimum. And we did the math, and that delta, the difference is over that period of time, if he had averaged 15 hours, then it was probably about $20,000 for him. Wow. So they actually owe him that money because they guaranteed him a certain amount of compensation. It was a minimum. It was a floor. It was a baseline. And if they went beyond the baseline, well, too bad, or be below the baseline, they have to pay him for it. So I'm going to help him get that compensation. And I wanted to bring this up again. If you're signing an agreement, the terms of the agreement have to be complied with. If your employer doesn't comply with the term, doesn't pay you what's required, doesn't give you the hours, that may be something you could do something about. That agreement is important. Uh, and just like the employee has to abide by it, so does the employer. Otherwise, there absolutely could be consequences. 416-870-6400 is the number to call in. We'll get to our first caller uh, hanging on for a minute or two there. Dave, good evening. How are you, pal? I'm good. Yourself? Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, I've been working with an employee for 10 years now, and uh, the uh, employer has sold the company off, and now there's a new um, principal of the company, and now he's asking uh, for a non-disclosure agreement. Is that something that uh, we need to um, legally sign uh, that has never been part of the employment uh, agreement? So, technically speaking, no, in, in the sense that if you're working, a company doesn't have a right to come in and require you sign a new agreement, regardless of what that agreement says. In this case, it's a non-disclosure agreement. That said, here's why you may, all, again, depending on your job, here's why you may not care. Because there is an implied term in, in most situations that you know you're not going to disclose 
information that's unique to your employer, confidential information, something that's in the public domain. So there's really kind of that obligation already. So unless you're in a very unique situation where it would be awful for you to keep things confidential, you may not be too, con you should maybe not be as concerned about it. So yes, can they require you? No, but is it a big deal? Perhaps not. And if it's not a big deal, may as well just sign it rather than get into a conflict situation. Does, does that make sense, right. Dave? Yeah, no, I, I understand. Okay, just just, uh, just a thought. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. Uh, appreciate the call. If you want to reach out any further other questions uh, other than when we're on the air, one 821 5900 is the, uh, the way to do so. But for the show, as you know, 416-870-6400 is the way. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Yet a third way. Tell me about it. <laughs> Yet a third way, yeah. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, uh, a tool that I created because, you know, the, the severance calculator that I created before uh, allowed you to calculate your severance, but I wanted to allow everyone to get not just severance calculations, but other information yeah. about their legal situation. So pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is like having your own employment lawyer with you on your phone at all times uh, for free. It's completely free. So when you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, yeah, you can also get your severance calculated. It's the first place you go to if you lost your job to determine how much severance you get. But it's also the place you go to if you want to find out if the company had cause to let you right. go. It's a place you go to if you want to find out if you're an employee or an independent contractor. It's a place you go to if you want to find out if your matter is a human rights issue or if it's a discrimination issue and more. So it's a great tool. It's, it's, it's taking the legal services that we provide and trying to make it as accessible for everyone and anyone. So pocketemploymentlawyer.ca even before you call an employment lawyer. 416-870-6400. That is the number tonight and every night. Anthony, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Good. How you doing, sir? Good, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind? Just out of morbid curiosity, I was just curious <laughs> um, if your employer can force you to sign a fit-for-duty policy uh, claiming you can and cannot do certain things on your days off, even though those things are legal. Just curious. So they they can require you to be fit to work. So they can't require they can't mandate what you do on your off time as long as it doesn't impact your fitness to to work. As long as it's that doesn't mean you're impaired at work. So okay. they can so so they can't say well you can't smoke a joint for example on the weekend. Well, that's what they're saying that's what they're saying. You cannot ingest cannabis or cannabis materials even on your days off. What kind of a job? What what do you do? Uh, just say the, in the transport truck. Okay, so 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 obviously it's a situation where they have an interest to make sure that you're able to do the job, that you're not under the influence, etc. But that still doesn't allow them to to dictate what you do on your time off. As long as you know, if you're at work and you're not intoxicated and you're not under the influence, you're legally able to drive. Assuming you're a driver, that's all that matters. So I, I would not sign something that dictates right. what you do on your off days. Absolutely not. I, I, I was hoping you'd say something like that, sir. Essentially, you work Monday to Friday. Give you a quick example. Saturday and Sunday, your days off. Sure. You do cannabis Saturday night, couple bottles off with your wife. Whatever. Monday, you're still fit for duty. Even though there's yes. CAT, you're not uh, inebriated. Right. You're not in fun. Yeah. This is my question, sir. 
Yeah, no, the, as long as you are fit to duty, for, for duty, I should say, as long as you're able to do the job with zero impact on your ability to work, you're legally able to drive, you're legally able to do your job, that's all that matters. And if they try to penalize you uh, by going over and above that, then that would be inappropriate, and we really should talk at that point. Thank you, sir, so much. Have a great evening. Great show. Thank you, man. Uh, thanks, Anthony. I appreciate that. 416-870-6400. We'll get one more in here before we uh, break quickly. Hey, Dean, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Not too bad. I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, I was listening to your uh, the first uh, story you were telling us about the lady who worked five years and then had got forced to do overtime. Right. Yeah. Um, what if they can, I know by law, they can make you work the, uh, 44 hours. How would that work unless it was written into the original agreement, or could they still sort of implement that and say that it's law and we don't have to pay you overtime and that sort of thing? So so they, they can't make you work overtime. All that, the 44 hours always means is if you're on salary, okay, they don't have to pay you anything additional if you work up to 44 hours. But if your regular hours are 40 hours a week, the company doesn't have the ability to require you to work 44 uh, again, unless, of course, there's an employment agreement that gives them that power. So it, it's not a situation that the, the 44 hours, even if it's less than that, they cannot make you work 44. That would be considered working extra hours. Uh, whether you're hourly or salary, no. If your fixed hours are 9 to 5, so that's 40 hours a week. You've been doing that for a while. Those are the terms of your employment. And anything that changes that is not something your employer can do unless, of course, as I said, there's an employment agreement. So they can't use the fact uh, the government's mandated that we can do 44 hours without overtime. They can't fall back on that clause? So let's assume you're, you're an hourly employee and you work 40 hours usually. Well, if they want you to work 44, they still have to pay you for those extra four hours. All the 44 means is if you're on salary, they don't have to pay you extra if you work 44. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they have a right, a right to require you to do that if your regular hours are less than that. So, so those are separate things. Dean, appreciate the call. You want to carry forth with another question? You could do so uh, anytime. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, or reach out through email. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Lots more to go. Uh, Barrick, Richard, I see you guys hanging on. We'll get to your calls after a break. And yours too. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. The Employment Law Show Monday Night Edition. It is right here on Global News Radio. Yeah, welcome back. Indeed, Monday night seven twenty two in the evening. It's time and uh, to continue the Employment Law Show Wednesday night. We do it all again on the weekend as well. And then on Global TV and CTV, Employment Law Show on your uh, TV on your weekend morning. So looking forward to that. 416-870-6400. That is the number to call through for the remainder of this show. Barrick, thank you for hanging on. Good evening. Uh, Good evening to you guys. Nice pleasure to talk to you. Sure. What's Uh, up? I do have a question. My friend, he was let go. Then he received a six-month package. But before he got that, he had signed the papers that uh, if he finds a job in that time, like let's say in two months, then his seven five kids is going to be cut after two months. Is yeah. it new thing? So that's like so he, legal or so yeah. he he signed this, right? Am I right, Berk? He accepted that? No, no, it's not me. Yeah, he accepted. Yes. So the, the unfortunate thing is if he accepted it, then that's what it is. It, now, how, how many? How, how long did your friend work there for? Uh, six, seven years, I think. 
So he probably would have been owed more than six months. So it doesn't seem like he accepted a, a good package. But the reality is, if that's what he had signed, saying that if he finds a job, then usually what I would say is if he finds a job, he will only get half of what's still outstanding. Uh, that's not a good thing usually to agree to. But if that is what he signed, that is what's going to happen. It's not really possible to get out of it. That's why it's so, so, so important to get that legal advice before he signs, because not only would he have been owed more severance, uh, we would have likely been able to get rid of that condition where he gets penalized if he finds another job. But if that's what he signed, Barak, unfortunately, he stuck with it. But is it legal like that? Well, it, it's a contract. Yeah, he, he agreed. He agreed to it so they can enforce it. It is legal because he accepted it. It was just a very bad deal. Uh and just one more, uh, that's, thank you. And one more question. Sure, uh, quickly. In Ontario, like in trucking business, when uh, truckers coming to the company, to the warehouses or to factories, uh, they see the signs like there's no washroom for the truckers. Is it legal in Ontario to have no facilities for the truck drivers to use the washroom? There's no legal requirement to provide facilities. In some situations, if there's a medical condition that may mean the person really needs more facilities than they could otherwise get, an employer may have to find a way to accommodate. But beyond that, there's no legal requirement. The, the, the driver would be expected to kind of make their own arrangements for, for facilities. Thank you, uh, Barrick. Uh, 416-870-6400 is the number. Richard, thank you for hanging on. How are you? Hey, pretty good. What's up? Um, just got a question about uh, on the previous show, you mentioned that it's better to get terminated than to resign because then you lose all your um, privileges to the uh, severance pay. But And then you said not to worry about like future employment or or um, the fact that you got terminated or let go or whatever. But on, on the next application for the job, it asks you about your previous history and why you left your previous job. Well, won't that affect me in the sense if I just resign, I just look like I resigned on my own versus if I got terminated, even though it might be just or not just, it, it won't that affect my future employment? Like, don't, don't I have to disclose that I was terminated to my next employer or, or no, I don't have to? So first of all, it, you should never lie to, to a new employer, never lie on an application. So if they ask the question, you should always answer it truthfully. But here's why it's not going to hurt you. Number one, the most common situation where people are, are stop working is a termination. Okay, so most situations where an employee no longer works for a company, it's not because of resignation, it's because of termination. Thousands of those happen every day. So there's nothing unusual about that. And there could be a thousand reasons why someone is terminated. It's a restructuring, it's cost cutting, uh, realignment, whatever it is. So all you would say is a termination without cause. Uh, now, listen, if, if you stole from the company, then you, you're not going to get severance anyway, in which case may as well resign. But otherwise, why resign? And the other thing to remember is this. If you're going to say you resigned, they're going to ask you why you resigned. And if you resigned and you didn't have another job, they're not going to believe you. They're not going to believe that you just resigned for no reason because people don't just resign to sit at home and be unemployed. So, so there's more questions to answer that way. You're better off to say they made their own decision. Uh, I was a good employee. That's what happens in most companies. No one's going to be turned off by it. So you are better off to be terminated. Get your full severance. 
Uh, and oftentimes, by the way, even in those situations, we can negotiate a letter of reference. So you can even show a letter of reference to your new employer. So I, I wouldn't worry about that. If you're out severance, let's make sure you get it and don't resign and give up your entitlements. And what right do they have to contact your references? Like, let's say you provide a reference, but they go and contact the HR department directly to get more info on you. Are they allowed to disclose your employee file to, to the new recruiter, or or is that prohibited? Well, uh, your the the old employer is not allowed to give any information that you didn't authorize them to give. Okay. Okay. Uh, but you know, the reality is this. If you're applying for a job, the, the, the person you're interviewing with may know someone at the other company, even though you may not have given them as a reference, and they can call them, and you'll never actually know yeah, what, what, what is said as a practical yeah. matter. So it's not, you know, there's the legal aspect, which they can't. The practical reality is if they're in the same industry, they probably know each other, they'll speak, and you will never know what they say. So there's not much you can do to control that. Uh, but legally, a, a company, an old company, is not required or is not allowed to give information about you that you didn't authorize them to give. Okay. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it, Richard. Thank your call. You uh, thank you for your call. You want to reach out any further? It is help at employmentlawyer.ca or to reach out Lior and the crew one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. But we love them here on the air, getting your problems solved uh, from the get go with us on this show four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the way to go. Peter, thank you for uh, for hanging on there for a few minutes. How are you tonight? Hey guys, how's it going? Good. What's up? Um, just a brief scenario. Uh, I'm, I'm in a conundrum with uh, really what I need to be doing. Um, I've been with an employer for in my 23rd year, but I'm at the point where they're more or less trying to, uh, I think they're trying to push me out the door. Um, I travel extensively for my job, and I've been just recently in the last, couple, in the last uh, month or so, I've been curbed of all my travel. Um, not allowed to do that anymore. I have a vehicle that I'm, a company vehicle that I'm no longer uh I don't have a new vehicle anymore, so I feel like uh, they're trying to make my life a little bit difficult. Um, I've been listening to the show, and I know I understand the issue of if they've done it once and and you stay with the the program and they do it again, you've accepted it. So I'm I'm kind of in a you know what do I do? Where do I go? What do I? What what are some ideas? Kind of thing. So th- does your company have uh, human resources HR? No, they do not. They use a. Uh, they use an account as an HR person. Okay, <laughs> very very bad uh, practice, but oh, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. So so despite that, uh, so if it, it's the account, I want you to send an email to this accountant expressing your concerns. You know, here's what I feel is happening. Here's what the company has been doing. Uh, you know, what can we do about that? I, I don't feel comfortable in this situation. The, well, the actually, reason I, I've sent two emails to the owners expressing exactly that. Oh, wonderful. Lot. And, and and I have not had any response whatsoever. Well, then the nice thing about that is you've created the record. So it's going to be very difficult for them to say, what are you talking about? We never knew there was an issue. You never expressed any concerns. We thought everything was hunky-dory. So because you've created that, that record, you actually may be right now in a constructive dismissal situation. And you're absolutely right that the more you sit on this or the longer you sit on this, the more difficult it's going to be to do anything because you're going to be considered to have accepted 
you know, the, the situation you find yourself in. So you may be right now in a constructive dismissal situation. I love the fact that you sent those emails. That That's the first thing you do. You're, 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 you acted exactly as I would have wanted you to. And I can tell you this, Peter, that after 23 years, you're going to have substantial termination entitlements. It could be anywhere from probably 18 to 24 months pay. So uh, you're, you're in a situation where you have to make a decision. Do you try to see if you can work it out with them and maybe uh, things can improve to the point that you're comfortable? Or do you say, well, I tried. I, I gave them an opportunity. It's time for me to leave and get my severance. If the second option is what you're, you want to do before you quit, before you go in there and say, that's it, I'm out of here, you and I have to talk off air because we got to do this right and we have to do this smartly. But that is the option that you have right now beyond trying to get the company to fix it, which you've already tried and they haven't done it. Your only other recourse, Peter, is to look at constructive dismissal. I have a, another scenario, and that is they've asked me to, uh, to appear for a meeting tomorrow with uh, – with um, their account and the owner and, and the owner and actually two of the owners. So I'm, I'm expecting I'm walking into a meeting that's either going to be uh, very not, not very good or, or they're going to concede to whatever I've been asking for. So um, that's why I call tonight just to <laughs> see where I maybe so, should stand and what I should be doing. So I, I think there's a 50% chance that they may be looking at a termination tomorrow. Uh, and, and remember, they're, they're allowed to. But here's the thing. If I have to choose between a constructive dismissal and a regular termination, I'll choose the regular termination any day. It's, oh, yeah. at, that, yeah. at that point, it's much easier. It's, at that point, we're just going to make sure you get your severance. We don't have to prove anything. We don't have to prove constructive dismissal. It's simply a regular termination. So it makes it that much easier to get your, your entitlement. So if you're not going to be there, I would rather them terminate your employment than we say constructive dismissal. So if that's what happens to more, if they terminate your employment, then as soon as that happens, give me a call. We'll look at what they've offered you. We'll make sure that it's appropriate. And if we need to get you more because they haven't offered enough, that's not a problem. We'll do that. If it's a meeting to discuss your concerns, fine. Make sure that after that meeting, you send them an email confirming what was said, what was agreed to, so that there's a record of that. And if the, if, if the purpose of the meeting is to say, stop complaining, we're not doing anything about it, then we may still be in a constructive dismissal situation. So whatever the, 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 the meeting is tomorrow, uh, now you know what to do. I had a brief meeting with, with the owner by, with one owner by himself, who is the primary president of the company. And he just briefly says, he said, you know, maybe it's time that you start looking for another, for alternate employment. Uh -huh. I said, uh, well, you can always, you can always take care of that right now. And, <laughs> and, and he says, well, I'm not, uh, this is not that stupid. So, um, okay. Okay. Well, then we we may have to force the issue, but yeah. if if anything, if they do anything other than resolve the problem tomorrow, you need to call me. If they resolve and they say, "Listen, we were wrong. You were right. So we're fixing everything." Obviously, you don't need to talk to me. All's good. But if it's anything other than that, then you need to give me a call. Either we're looking at a termination or potentially a constructive dismissal. Well, the thing is, if they say everything's going to be all right and, and well and done, uh, my concern is what happens in six months if they decide to do it all over again? Then I've, then I've basically deemed to have accepted the, the no, scenario all over No, again. no, not at all, because they would have no. fixed the problem. And if and, and, and you told them that's not acceptable, they fix it. If they okay. do it again, you're, you're fine. So you, you won't be giving up anything. If they fix the problem, work there. And if things change for the worst down the road, give me a call. You'll be just fine. 
Definitely. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Peter. That's a uh, very smart call by our man Peter. That's uh, That could be life-changing, literally. If he hadn't called this show and talked to you for the last six or seven minutes, that could have been a, a big nightmare for the guy, and he wouldn't know known uh, where to turn, right? It is obviously a stressful situation, especially after all these years. But but keep in mind, you know, you always uh, have rights and you always have options and you always want to keep things in writing. What I don't like about meetings is that things can be said verbally and you wish you wish there was a record of it. So as soon as a meeting is done, if something is said or agreed to or, or, or discussed that you really want to have in writing, you go out of the meeting. First thing you do, you fire up your computer, you send an email confirming what happened, create that record. And if you're not sure what it means, what your rights are, you just give me a call. Even before you do that, can you just place your phone on the table beside you, hit record and just tape the whole thing? You absolutely can. You absolutely can do that as well. The, the only caveat here is if your employer notices or realizes you've done that, they probably be very unhappy so it could create an uncomfortable situation. But are you legally able to do that? Absolutely. As long as you're part of that conversation, that discussion, you can record it. Just keep in mind, your employer may not be very very happy if they realize you've done that. Sound like they're not happy already. <laughs> That's right. So who cares at that point? May as well make That's them right. even less happy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 416-870-6400 is the uh, the number to use here. We've got Jessica on the line here in moments. And you still have some, uh, some time to call in. The show goes for a little while longer, so feel free to call in and get some answers on the way. Everything you need to know about medical leaves. It's been a while since we tackled this topic, right? Medical leaves, John, is something that comes up often. And we wanted to, to give some information to individuals about what happens if you're on a medical leave, how long can you be on, what your employer can and cannot do. Uh, It's something that most people at some point in their working career are going to come across. So when can an employee take a medical leave of absence from work? You can be off on a medical leave as long as you're unable to work and your doctor supports you. It's that simple. If you have something from a doctor confirming you cannot work, then you can be on a medical leave. It doesn't matter what the condition is, whether it's a, a mental health issue or a physical issue or an injury. Either way, you can be off work, and your employer can't do anything, can't argue with the doctor, can't deny you that, can't say, well, you know, we're really busy, so it's not a good time if you cannot work and you have a doctor saying you cannot work that's it that's kind of judge and jury you can be off as long as you need to and if you are for medical reasons is there a, a length of time is, is it i mean as long as you need to but is there a limit and when I say as long as you need to, I actually mean that in that there is no limit in terms of how long you can be off work. It's not a situation where, well, you can be off for a week or a month. And how many sick days you have has nothing at all to do with that. You may be off for a month or six months or a year or longer if you know you have a serious enough medical condition as long as you have the doctor supporting your absence. And your employer can't tell you if you're not back in six months, you're gone. If you're not back in three weeks, you're gone. No. You can be off as long as you need to. You continue to be an employee during that time, and your employer has to try and bring you back when you're ready to come back to work, when your doctor clears you to return. 416-870-6400 is the number to call. I think Jessica is uh, is ready to go. Hi, Jessica. Good evening. Hi. How are you? All right. Good. What's, uh, what's going on with you tonight? Um, not much. So okay. I just have a couple of questions here. I've been given... Um, a questionnaire to fill out for myself um, and the other employees in the office, small office. Uh, It's supposed to help better the business, bring in more revenue. So there's a staff questionnaire, which I've been more than happy to fill out, but then there's a personal questionnaire um, 
a second portion of it with 250 questions. Wow. Um, and it seems like a psychiatric evaluation to me. Holy cow. Yes. So, uh, some G of the Give me an example. Um, do you feel like the world's crashing down on you? Are you, oh, um, man. do you feel like you're suicidal? Would you admit that you were wrong just to keep the peace? Um, are you sometimes considered by others a spoil sport or a wet blanket? When hunting or fishing, do you feel concerned for the pain you inflict on game, live bait, or fish? Are you uh, serious? Come on. Can your world, yeah, can your world cave in on you? Do you make efforts to get others to laugh or smile? Sounds like a Pink Floyd that? song. Right, yeah, yeah, like it's, I don't know, a little offside. Now, Jessica, are is you, this something that they're requiring you or they're giving you the option to fill out? Uh, it's requiring. There's four employees in the office, and we were given it. And so this is just going to help better the business, um, you know. So just fill it out and bring it back within two weeks. Well, my two weeks is up, and I've gone through my personal questionnaire, and I just don't feel like it's something I really need to fill out. I think this is intrusive. It's this. It does not apply to me. I can assure you. By the way, 17 years of practicing law, I don't think I've ever seen this exact type of situation. So, so kudos to you for bringing something new to the table yeah. here. But I can also tell you without any hesitation, Jessica, that you and your colleagues do not have to complete this questionnaire. It's irrelevant. It has, it, it's, it's personal. It has nothing to do with you or your job. It's, it's not a situation where uh, it's necessary for you to complete this in order to do the job. So it's not a term of employment. So I would roll this into a big ball and uh, throw it in the garbage, honestly. And I, I, I don't mean this, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, no, lightly. <laughs> and and, and there's, legally, there's nothing, nothing they can do to penalize you for that. Uh, right. And I don't see any world where I would recommend for to anyone to complete that uh, type of questionnaire. That's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. That's how I feel, too. So I just thought, you know what, before I just submit this and write on this not applicable, you know, intrusive, I'm not filling this out. Maybe I should just find out whether it's sure. grounds to be Smart. like, okay, well, you're not complying with, you know, what I'm trying to do within the practice, and so sayonara. Or maybe they think, okay, maybe she is crazy because she just want to fill it out. <laughs> you know what? What they'll think, God knows. I mean, clearly someone was not thinking clearly by even Honestly. asking you to do this. <laughs> but but, but I, I can give you the assurance at the very least that there's nothing bad that they could do to you for refusing to do this. You can absolutely be honest, as you've been on, on the show today, say, just not comfortable doing that, not going to do it. And if they try to do anything, which I highly doubt they will, but if they even try, you give me a call and I'll help you. Legally, uh, Jessica, they cannot do anything. That's just so, seriously ridiculous. Okay. Excellent. Thanks, Jessica. I appreciate the call. <laughs> Could wow. you imagine that? Monday she gets fired, folks. I got some bad news. We've had a lot of Jessica go because she wouldn't tell us how she baited a hook. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Honestly, what kind of question is that? I, I, you know what, John? I, I wasn't kidding when I said I, I, I've seen questionnaires and, you know, employers yeah. trying to get credit information and, you know, even information about, uh, you know, criminal records. But that type of information, I have no idea. It's probably someone went on Google and read something and saw something. Oh, that that would be nice nice to get and and printed something off that's not a serious employer a serious employer is never no. going to actually require that so uh, it's it's ridiculous and it goes way beyond what an employer can ever require an employee right. to do back into the uh, discussion of medical leaves does an employer speaking of asking things do they have the right to ask an employee for their medical information or even a diagnosis at that point and, and obviously you know your personal medical condition could be a very 
private thing. It is a private thing. It's not something you necessarily want to share. So, And the law recognizes that in the sense that you do not have to tell your employer what the condition is. So you're going to go on a medical leave, and maybe it's going to be a longer one. But you don't have to tell them whether it's because you have a herniated disc or you sprained your ankle or you're suffering from depression. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is whether you can work or you cannot work. Therefore, your employer cannot ask you for your diagnosis. They can't get your medical file from your, for your doctor. They can't ask your doctor questions about the treatment you're getting. None of that is relevant. Now, keep in mind, if you're on a disability plan and you're going to get money from a disability insurer, right. the, the insurance company is allowed to find out that information and ask questions not your employer. The only thing your employer is allowed to ask is, can you work, can you not? In other words, what is the prognosis? How long are you not going to be able to work? Are you going to need any accommodation? Those are legitimate questions. It's not legitimate to ask, uh, what is the condition? What is the treatment? Uh, how often do you see your doctor? None of that is appropriate. That's personal. Your employer can't ask that. What happens to an employee's job while they're on a medical leave, regardless of length, I guess? So, so if you're on a medical leave, you continue to be an employee. Obviously, you're an inactive employee because you're not actively okay. at work, but you're still yep. an employee and you still accrue seniority. So if you've been on a medical leave for two years, that two years counts towards your seniority. Now, when you're ready to come back to work, your employer has to make efforts to bring you back and, and make all efforts to bring you back to the same position. If legitimately they, there's no role, they've looked, they've tried, but there's nothing, at that point they would be allowed to terminate your employment with full severance. But you continue to be an employee, you have the rights of an employee, you accrue seniority, and you cannot be let go just because you took a medical leave ever. I want to finish up with an email here. Henry says, uh, I received a few warnings over the last three years with respect to my work performance. How many warnings does my employer have to provide me before they can let me go for cause? It really does depend on how bad the performance is and also how long you've worked there. Right. The more minor an issue or the longer you work, the more warnings are expected to be given before the company can terminate your employment. As a general guideline, three is kind of a decent number usually, kind of in between. So if you've received three warnings and if they're legitimate, then your employer may be able to consider a termination for cause. If you don't agree with the warnings, if you don't think they're legitimate, you have to say so in writing. Otherwise, you may be considered to have accepted them. We are done for tonight. You and I are going fishing, apparently, and uh, we're going to be back in here on Wednesday evening. In the meantime, you want to reach out to Lior's help at employmentlawyer.ca, uh, the website employmentlawyer.ca. Listen to past radio shows and find out where you can catch our TV show, the Employment Law Show, and 1-855-821-5900. Always check pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Hang on, don't go anywhere. On Point is back with the awesome Alex Pearson. That is coming right up on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.